Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our ComedyWham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, ComedyWham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've got a festivals page as well as our FPIA page where you can see the full history of the contest. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and posts, and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are talking to the prosecutor in Idiocracy. You can also watch his videos Sundays with the Sunny Channel and reviews no one asks for, both of which are on his YouTube channel. He is an actor turned comic and can be seen performing all over Austin. He was a finalist in the 2022 Funniest Person in Austin contest at Cap City Comedy Club, which was my first time to get to watch him. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Sonny Castillo. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Welcome. Uh, I have been deathly afraid that you were going to be really dry and short with me the way your comedy is <laughs> on stage. So, uh, you know, hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's uh, yeah, that was a style that was picked up. Uh, so I took comedy classes okay. to do stand up and a little bit of background. When I first got there, I told a joke that didn't really go over well with the instructor, and it was like an hour and forty five minutes of her telling me that my comedy was never going to work for anybody, oh. and I wouldn't find an audience and all kinds of stuff. And she was like, you know, I'll give you a refund if you want a refund, if you want to drop the class, if you want to take, keep taking it, that's up to you. Uh-huh. And I'm the type that's like, you don't tell me I can't do something. <laughs> and so, so like the very first, you know, I went through her classes. Uh-huh. I didn't really participate all too much. Yeah. I was, you know, went through and we did a showcase, a comedy showcase. And it was me and two other beginners. We were introducing the intermediate class. Okay. And she gave the other beginners two people to introduce, and on me, she only gave one person to introduce, which was the headliner, uh, because she said, you know, the 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 job of, of the beginners class is to introduce with a small short joke, and then the, a comic from the intermediate class will come in and make the audience laugh. So she felt like the headliner had to back me up because uh-huh. I wasn't gonna find any way to make people laugh, and so I was I kind of just felt like being a prick that day. <laughs> And so I got on stage, and I walked up to the microphone really slowly uh-huh. and said not a single word. I just stared at the audience for a while. Every now and then, I shift my weight as if I'm going to talk to the microphone and then just start staring off randomly. Uh-huh. And people started laughing, and, you know, the laughter is contagious. And so the, you know, giggles turned to chuckles, turned to full-on laughter. Yeah. And then I finally said, are y'all tired of looking at me? And they <laughs> lost it. Yeah. And I go, well, here's your next comic. And I just walked oh. off stage. 
I didn't say her name. I didn't do anything. I was just oh, like, whatever. My like, gosh. And, and so when I got off stage, people came up to me like, oh, they're like, man, that's so hilarious, man. You, you said nothing. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, cool. And, you know, the, the poor comedian that came up to headline uh-huh. had a struggle to try to get the crowd back because they were just like, we have, I've never just seen this guy yeah, just staring yeah. at. And so when I get back into the class, the instructor's all like, what was that? I didn't know if you forgot your line. You got nervous, blah, blah. I go, you told me to make people laugh, and I did. And I go, so it is what it is. And so <laughs> that was kind of where I took that style. It's like, all right, well, I'm not going to say a whole lot. Uh-huh. I'm just going to. Go up. Is this is to entertain the audience? Yeah. So this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people they they'll see my they'll see me, mm-hmm. and they'll imagine that I have a different style of comedy. They're like, oh look, you look like a ghetto person. I'm like, well, I am. But uh, <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna go with that same typical real lively style. That's what yeah. I wanted to go with initially. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I was told, oh, you're never gonna find an audience. So I was like, all right, well. How I'll, funny. Yeah, I'll figure it out. And then that's that's what kind of where I stole it. But, I mean, I, I do love, like, Mitch Hedberg and Stephen Wright, which have that real dry one-liner mm-hmm. style. So yeah. it fits in. And I've had people online, like on TikTok, they're like, uh, oh, you're just copying Mitch Hedberg. I'm like, oh, kind yeah. of. Like, it's, it's a similar style. Mitch Hedberg chuckles at his own jokes. I try my hardest to never laugh at yeah. my own jokes on stage. I've laughed at one, and I felt really weird after the show. I felt like I stole from the audience because I laughed at my own huh. joke. Like, y'all are here to see this. I'm not here to yeah. see myself. Yeah. Um, and someone, you know, put on, uh, what did they put on? On Instagram, I think it was, or Facebook. They put, oh, you're not Stephen Wright. Oh, yeah, I know I'm not. I, like, my, clearly said my name, Sonny Castillo. Like, yeah. And like, also, Stephen Wright doesn't talk about hood things. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. Like, obviously, I know these are the styles. And so it's funny yeah. just to see people that are like, they call you out for the style that you're similar to. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, at least you acknowledge that, you know. I'm yeah. glad that you're comparing me to someone such high caliber. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> I'm glad you're not like, oh, you're not like, uh, you know, Tony Sanchez. Like, who's that? I don't know who that person is, you know. So it's kind of cool that they do that. Well, I'm so glad that you kind of gave us the the origin of your style. Uh, there was There was... I never prepare for a podcast other than like the research that I do, but I never prepare to deliver a line during a recording. But uh, I was going to, I had, I had mentally practiced this line that if you want to get a sense for how dry your humor is, it's as if you were layering the Mojave Desert on top of the Sahara, on top of, you know, whatever all the deserts are. Yeah. We'll stack those together and that's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, and, and you know, one of the things that, that I, I really appreciate, you know, I appreciate when people come up after the shows and they're like, oh, you, you know, if I was funny, they're like, oh, you're funny. Yeah. I, I appreciate all that. Um, the ones that I really loved are when they straight up asked me, how do you not laugh? Yeah. And I was like, well, I wrote it. It's <laughs> like, all right. I, I guess. I, I yeah. didn't know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I do bounce off some of the jokes. Like, I bounce them off my mom, my dad, and my wife uh-huh. um, because they're going to be my toughest critics. Because they're going to be like, oh, that sucked, or, you know. You <laughs> Don't they say love that. you unconditionally, though? They do, which is why they can tell me, <laughs> okay. like, straight up honesty. Uh, it's funny because, like, I'll practice a joke with my wife, and she'll stare at me and then be like, that's hilarious. I'm like, really? Because you didn't laugh. But, you know, it's, that's just, that's, that's how she gauges if yeah. it was funny. Like, would yeah. it make her laugh internally? Okay, cool. <laughs> But I mean, I get it though because I've done shows where everybody feels like they're laughing on the inside, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. on the outside. Oh, so right. <laughs> it's like, oh, 
Okay. Well, Sonny, this is awesome, but we are going to go into the farther way back machine, and I have an official icebreaker question, believe it or not, and that is one word to describe your past. Ghetto. (laughs) Okay. We'll go with that. All right. I never knew how ghetto I was until Facebook happened, and people (laughs) are like, oh, I was this ghetto. I'm like, "Mm, what? (laughs) Like, I I didn't know that was ghetto. I thought that was living nicely. Like, okay. I am originally from Austin. Oh, you're a yeah. unicorn. East Austin, ah. uh, before gentrification. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> I was there. I was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen so many changes to Austin. I have, yeah. yeah. It was uh, It was funny. The first family that kind of really was a gentrifying family in our neighborhood, I had never seen police respond so quickly ever in my past until oh, they moved gosh. in and oh, would gosh. call constantly for everything. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I was like, "Oh, that's at least we get police presence yeah. now." Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what was what did what did comedy play a role as in in your life growing up? So I used to watch Comedy Central back in the day when it was actual stand up comedy for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that uh, there was <laughs> a show called I want to say it's called Make Me Laugh. I believe it was. Okay. It was hosted. They would have three uh, three comedians up and a, and a contestant, and the comedians would have to go up and try to make this person laugh. Yeah. They laughed. They lost. They now nah, they moved on. Got money. Uh, I used to love watching that with my mom. I used to watch you know some of the the stuff that was on well Comedy Central mostly because you know HBO had comedy specials. Yeah. Although I was younger at the time, my mom was like, um, you probably probably shouldn't be watching George Carlin right now. <laughs> My bad. He came on after Sinbad. Like, I didn't know. Like, I thought it was a lead-in. Uh, she was like, no, Sinbad's cool, but George Carlin, hey, watch the Comedy Central version on that one. Is but Sinbad all that clean? I didn't think he was a super... Sin- yeah, is Sinbad, really? is, yeah, Sinbad okay. is a fairly clean comic. Uh, I, I actually loved watching him uh, growing up, and I actually got to see him perform twice in Austin nice. uh, during South by Southwest one year, and he performed twice that night. Did about two hours each time and wow. never repeated a joke. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I was like, but, but yeah, so growing up, you know, I was watching all those comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching, you know, even Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg at the time. And I, I'll be honest, I used to get them confused. Hmm. I thought they were the same person at times. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, Stephen Wright, like he used to tell drugs jokes. And now he's talking about <laughs> pigeons and stuff. Like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, I, you know, as I grow up, I'm like, okay, they're different people. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I used to, I used to watch them all the time. My mom used to catch them uh, as well with me sometimes. We'd always watch that one show where they try to make contestant laugh. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I wanted to do stand-up comedy when I grew older and... But also, being that I was a poor kid from East Austin, I was like, this is not a dream that we're supposed to have. Mm. This is not something that's attainable for us. So I kind of just let it go by the back burner, just went on about life and just enjoyed watching stand-up comedy, but never really pursued it until about 12 years ago, I think. And so you didn't even try to like make your friends laugh or the classroom laugh? Or... Oh, yeah. Constantly I was getting in trouble for oh. making uh, people laugh and stuff or, you know, just cracking jokes at the teacher's expense or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I was constantly getting told and, uh, you know, they'd call my mom and they'd be like, oh, you know, Sonny was acting up in class. He was yeah, saying all like... this nonsense. And she's like, okay, but is he failing school? They're like, well, no, he's the one. He has our top grades. I'm like, all right, well, then call me when he's causing yeah. issues. Like, I don't understand what to tell you. And she's yeah. like, well, he's distracting to the other kids. 
I'm like, well, tell the other kids to concentrate better. I'm going to tell you. Like, it was like, how's that my fault? But, you oh, that's know. great. Your mom sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it was funny, too, because one time, one of my teachers in sixth grade, she was all like, you keep acting up, I'm going to call your mom. And I walked up to the front of the classroom, picked up the phone, dialed my mom's number. I said, hey, mom, teacher wants to talk to you. I go, here you go. <laughs> I was like, I call you bluff, and the teacher got said, No, I just, uh, it's just, uh, just letting you know, uh, you know, he's doing very good. You know, you should be proud of him. I was like, Ooh, I thought you were gonna tell on me. Oh man, yeah. oh man. Well, I, I could definitely tell from your Facebook presence that you know you you're not to be rifled with. You know, you you push hard on, <laughs> on people or bust balls pretty pretty well. So that's. It's fun to watch some of your interactions online yeah, and, with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, I'll dish that out, and I'll also take it. Yeah. And so whenever people, like, when someone mocks me for whatever reason, yeah. if it's funny, I'm going to share it. Yeah. And, you know, there was a, back in the days of MySpace, um, <laughs> I made a GIF image of me in a mirror, like, shoot, like, drawing a weapon, uh-huh. and then my reflection draws a bigger gun than what I have, and I get scared. So I put that on MySpace. Uh-huh. Somehow, I don't have a clue how it happened, but it ended up on Reddit, like on the front pages and stuff, and someone spotted it, and they're like, hey, Sonny, did you know your image is on Reddit? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was like five years later. So I go look at it, I'm looking through all the comments, and people are like, oh, man, when did Fred Durst get a gun? And I'm like, oh, dang, that's a good one. Dang it. Like, ah, crap, I should not have had my hat backwards. Now... And they're like, oh, look, I'm glad to see Vanilla Ice is still doing things. I was like, dang it, man. Like, oh, man. Like, you know, and some people were like, oh, it looks like a broke Paul Wall. I was like, oh, man. Like, God, oh, these are so good. I was like, oh, I wish I could join in. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I actually didn't do a full chronology research of you. I, I you know, the one of the early things that I, that I saw pop up for you was you were in Idiocracy, which is, I admit, I've not seen it, but I hear it's like an iconic movie for people, and that's a Mike Judge movie, right? So that's like big, big deal. Yeah. So there was a there was an ad in Austin America Statesman, and they were looking for extras to be in an untitled Mike Judge movie. Uh huh. And my mom called me up one time. She was like, "Hey, boy, what are you doing this weekend?" And I was like, uh, "Nothing." I was like, <laughs> I, don't know, "I don't even know my life, mom. I don't want to do a whole lot." <laughs> And she was like, well, they're looking for extras to be in this Mike Judge movie. And it says it pays like 75 bucks a day. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And yeah. I go, what do I got to do? And she goes, oh, it says, she goes, I'll clip it out. And then the next time you come down here, I'll, I'll give you the piece of paper. Oh, all right, cool. So I go down there to her house and I get that little clipping that she clipped out for me. And she's like, yeah, here it is. So go ahead. And so I had a digital camera that I bought on clearance from Target. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to use this, but let's go ahead and try to take a picture of me. So I uh-huh. took a picture, headshot. Put a piece of paper on the back that said, Sonny Castillo just had my name because I had no credits. So I was like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Yeah. And I submitted it in. And Beth Sepko, Third Coast Casting, she called me. And she was like, hey, uh, just so you're aware, she goes, we want you to come in and read for a part. And I was like. Had you done any acting before then? We'll get to that. Okay. All <laughs> so, right. All right. so I was like, okay. I was like, all right, that's cool. Whatever. I'll do this audition. So I go to the audition, and I had never been to an audition before. Okay. I had no idea what the etiquette was. I had no idea what we're supposed to do. I took a piece of, you know, printer paper. I went and bought Walmart photo paper the night before to print my headshot, and it was the wrong direction and everything. <laughs> and like I said, I stapled a piece of paper with my name on it. Uh-huh. 
And I go in, and I'm like, oh, man, all these people are dressed up. I was like, what are we supposed to And I had on, like, just shorts and a white T-shirt. And I was like, oh, whoops. Like, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> and I go into the audition room, and Beth Seth goes like, uh, go ahead and stand on your mark. And I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> she goes, it's that piece of tape. I was like, oh, you should have said tape, but it makes a lot more sense. So I stand on my tape. And Beth's like, okay, well, I'm going to read, you know, in, come into your lines and then you'll read your line. And it was just one line. Oh, can you cuss on here? Yes, okay. you can. Yes. So it was one line and the line is just, hurry up, asshole. That's all I'm supposed to say. <laughs> so I deliver my line uh-huh. and I say it like that because I'm like, I figured that's how you say it. I, I didn't read any more into the sides. I read just the line. I memorized my line, yeah. my little three words. And little known to me mike judge was in the oh, room shit. with us uh i i don't know why i've been known him from beeps and butthead and king of the hill but i don't know why i thought he looked different mm-hmm. and so i had no idea that he was there in there and so they're like okay they're like have you ever done any other acting and i said nope and they're like okay and they start you know kind of writing on their paper uh-huh. and i go ah oh, you know what that's kind of a lie I was, that's kind of a lie and he was like what do you mean and i said well i don't know if it counts but Back in pre-K, I was the apple for a very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> and they just looked at each other puzzled, like, did this fool really just... Did he mention the very hungry caterpillar? Like, like the apple in pre-K? Yeah. And Mike Judge was like, oh, that, that, I guess that'd be something to see, huh? I go, watch, check it out, man. I still remember my lines. And I just walked out the room. And I remember looking at you know, my peripheral. They were looking at each other confused, like, did he just walk out the room? And then I go, hey, well, hold on. I go, remember, it's the 80s, so picture me with shorts that are too short and socks that are too long. And I go and pretend I got a big apple on my head. Okay, cool. And then so I walk in. I hit my mark this time now. I know what a mark is. Uh-huh. And I go, on Monday, he ate through one apple, but he was still hungry. And then I walked off. And they're laughing like, what are we watching? Uh-huh. Of course, with me, I'm like, I've never done any acting or anything. Yeah. I just thought it was fun to have an audition. So I was like, I'm just an act a fool. Like, they're never going to pick me. They're like, this isn't yeah. meant for people like me. And so I did the audition. Mike Judge stands up, shakes my hand. They shake my hand. I'm like, all right, hey, I'll go. Hey, I appreciate y'all for giving me this opportunity. I was like, yeah, hi, Russell. It's a great day. And I uh-huh. walked out. They, Beth Sepko calls me back about two days later. And she says, hey, bad news. I was like, oh, okay. She goes, you didn't get the part. And I was like, that's okay. I go, you know what, though? Thank you. I was like, I had a wonderful time doing it. It was a nice little experience to have. Uh-huh. I, I can go on and tell people that. I, she goes, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> She goes, we have six other roles lined up because Mike wants you in this film. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, so wow. I went in and I read for an additional three roles, which were uh, the doctor. Well, no, not the doctor role yet. It was the the House of Representatives scene where it has Terry Crews in there. Um, and then there was like, I think it's the, one of the scenes with where they're drinking Gatorade out of the fountain. And still, he didn't want me for those roles. So then he brought me in again. I read for the prosecutor, which is what I got. Uh-huh. And for the doctor, which is what Justin Long got. Hmm. And the third one, I can't remember what the third one was. But it was those three. And then they chose me for prosecutor. And I was like, oh, cool. And, you know, getting on set was all fun. And Mike Judge knew. I mean, he remembers things. Like He will remember if he worked with you, he yeah. remembers. And so... When I got on set, he was like, hey, man, he goes, I know this is your first time. He goes, so, you know, if you have any questions, just let us know. There's plenty of people who answer yeah. all your questions for you. I was like, okay, cool. So I go into the hair and makeup trailer, and Stephen Root and Dax Shepard were in there already. Oh, and 
Stephen Root was like, hey, how's it going? I'm Stephen. I was like, hey, how's it going? I'm Sonny. And he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, uh, you've been in anything else? And I said, nope, this is my first time. I was glad that I didn't just stupidly say, have you been in anything else? Because I was like, oh, like, it didn't click to me that it was Stephen Root. Uh-huh. Like, I, he said his name was Stephen. That's a very common yeah. name. He just, it didn't strike me that he was him until, like, Dax Shepard walked in. Uh-huh. And he was, like, still, you know, fresh off of Punked, mm-hmm. uh, the Ashton Kutcher show. Mm-hmm. And so he was easy to recognize. And he was like, hey, I'm going, he's like, I'm Dax. I was like, I'm Sonny. And then I'm like, I probably shouldn't introduce, they probably know each other already. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know how, to do this, how this works. Uh, but yeah, so we go, to, and then, you know, so hair and makeup come, and uh, wardrobe's kind of mad because the role was written for a six foot six, 300 pound person. And at the time, I was five foot 10, 135 pounds. Uh-huh. So they had to do a lot of alterations to the mm. suit. And there was just safety pins and pins all over it. But, you know, we get on set and I have my wig on because I'm going to have a wig in the movie. And Steven Root's like, hey, I'm Steven. I was like, I'm Sonny. I just literally <laughs> met you like five minutes ago. He's like, oh, wow, man, you look different. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, and then it clicks to me. I was like, oh, this is Steven Root from News Radio. Like, oh, okay, now Milton. I was like, nah, I know this guy. I'm like, oh, man, I feel dumb. Uh, but he was a really nice guy. Yeah. I get on set and Mike Judge is like, you know, we're running through a few times. And he's like, just so you're aware, we're going to shoot like everything from like, one shot like 20 to 40 times change up 20 40 times we're gonna shoot a lot he wasn't lying <laughs> that <laughs> took two days to shoot my scene wow and he was like are you having fun i was like yeah it's pretty cool and he goes hey well you should keep entertaining people oh, and i was like oh okay I was, wow. like, I was like well i mean you're pretty successful so i'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and listen to what you say so i jumped into doing trying to do acting classes and stuff and i found improv and so I started doing improv for oh. quite a bit. And we had a little improv troupe that was going. And one of the things about the improv troupe is I it was a team effort. And sometimes the team didn't seem to put full effort. Mm. And so there were some shows where I didn't feel we kept the audience entertained enough. And yeah. I was like, that's on us because we didn't do our jobs to keep them entertained, keep them in the show. And... So I kind of broke off into that, into doing stand-up comedy, and that's because stand-up comedy is like if I bomb on stage, that's on me. I can only work on me. I can't go tell my, you know, my troop partner like, hey, uh, I don't know, you want to try to be funnier next time? Like, I, I never wanted to be like that. So I was like, yeah. well, if I break it off and yeah. it's only me, then it everything would fall back on me. So then yeah. it's my fault if I didn't entertain them enough. So you, you seem so. Um self-assured about who you are and what you want to uh, do. I find it interesting that you say that after you did the movie, you took acting classes and then you did improv, which I presume came with going to do some improv classes as well. Uh, is that, was that natural for you to you know, go out and take the classes, even though like you know who Sonny is? Yeah, it... it well, so the acting classes weren't so natural. The improv, mm. you can be like, I can say whatever I want. No one's going to care. Yeah. But with the acting classes, like, I had even did one of these talent showcase things where you go before a, a talent agency. Yeah. And they give you a few sides. And they're like, oh, well, maybe we'll sign you. Maybe we won't. And I hadn't really done any classes before that yet. So that was the first thing I went to. And then I went to the classes. But I did go to that. And they were like, okay. They were like, well, you have a real cool demeanor. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Finger guns. Like, I don't know what to say. And uh, 
You know, because it's a different world. It's a different world from coming from being poor and in East Austin to yeah. just all of a sudden you're like, oh, with these people who are speaking like Hollywood elite or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so it, it was hard for me to fit in with that. Hmm. And even they were like, okay, well, you can do these, but can you cry on command? I was like, probably not. I was like, my dad told me when I was six years old, I better stop crying. And I go, I haven't cried since. And they're like, that's that's not good. You're not in touch with your emotions. Oh, I go, I'm not allowed to have emotions. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, they told me, they're like, well, you're going to need classes to figure this out. So mm -hmm. I ended up did taking acting classes. And a big part of the thing that they kept saying was like, stop being you. Oh, they're like, stop being I guess that's you. the premise of acting, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. I've even done improv where they're like, stop being you. And I'm like, I'm not being me. I was a shoe salesman just a minute ago. Remember? I was like, hey, you want to buy some shoes? And they were like, no. They're like, your presence steals away from people. And I was like, that oh, wow. sounds weird. What do you mean? They're like, you don't have to always be the focus. And I, I never thought of it that way yeah. because I was like, well, I'm not being the focus. I'm in the background. They're like, but you're being distracting enough that it's pulling focus. Your personality is so strong. That's that's their sense of you got to learn yeah. to tone it down and bring it down. Which and you know, with when I do stand up comedy, like when I put on my own shows, people trip out because I'm not my headliner. I don't headline my own shows. Mm. And they're like, well, why don't you headline your own shows? I was like, because my energy is down here. So I'm going to bring in one of my friends who has a better energy oh. and let them headline because I want everybody to go home with that sense of, man, I feel great about that show. Uh -huh. Sure, you might laugh at my jokes, but I don't want your energy to be right down here. When you leave, I want it to be higher yeah. up. So I always bring in a livelier comic in front of me. And I was like, is that what you mean by don't be the focus? And they're like, not really. I was like, I don't, like, I don't get this. I was like, I'm just trying to put on the best performance for everyone. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, you got to be more subtle with things. They were like, you do stick out like a sore thumb. And I was like, oh, that's racist? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, and when I got my agent, my first agent, I got her and we had to do a monologue. And the monologue that I chose was like a depression uh, monologue about having a small penis. And she was like, ah, ooh, ah that's, a, mm, that's a weird one. I, go, I thought it was hilarious. She goes, no, no, it was just I didn't figure someone like you to go for that one. Yeah. And I was like, it's funny. I don't care what I look like. If it's funny, I'm going to go and say it. And uh -huh. she, goes, she goes, that's kind of what I, what I like. She goes, because she was like, I have Hispanic males and I have urban males. She was like, I don't have like. I go, you could say ghetto. I'm well aware of where I'm from. Like, uh -huh. You could say ghetto. I'm, she was like, you just have like an authenticity to it. And I was like, yeah, I'm double parked out there in my big body. Like, I don't even have tags or insurance. Like, I'm legit. Like, And she was like, that's, see, that's kind of what I, she goes like, I feel like if I saw you in the parking lot, you would rob me. I was like, well, yeah, I have a gun on me too. She was like, whoa, hold on, yeah, hold on. And I was like, too much. Was that too far? Was I like, okay. Should I not have said that part? Like, and she was like, no, no, I'm going to sign you. <laughs> she was like, and then we're going to figure out how to market you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That'll work for me. Uh, but yeah, so like, it was always just like, so when they said I stuck out like a sore thumb, I'm like, I get it. That's the reason why my agent signed me. She's like, yeah. hey, fool probably can't act for nothing, but he looks different. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so then I, and like through improv, I was able to pull back and be like, okay, let me be more subtle. Let me just be here to support the other people. Yeah. Because it, at the end of the night, I do want it just to be a good show for everyone, you know? And so, mm -hmm. gotta let people shine. And me and a friend of mine, we used to do little improv skits. And 
people were constantly telling me, "Oh, why are you letting him outshine you?" I'm like, "No, no, no. Were you were you entertained? Was that was that that's my goal yeah. is to entertain you?" They're like, "Yeah, but it's your show. Why do you let him outshine you?" It's like, "No, no. Thank you. Uh-huh. I think I learned." <laughs> so it's like it was a cool little lesson, but um, but yeah, like doing stand up comedy. I mean, it's focus is here and yeah where it's, it's a little bit easier because you're like, all right this is my stage so yeah there's so much i need to unpack from what you've just said uh one is you i mean you we anybody can go to your imdb page and you've got a handful of acting credits are you still acting now not really uh my agency got absorbed by a bigger agency mm-hmm. and i just got lost in the shuffle uh. i have no idea who if i even have an agent anymore <laughs> uh so and doing stand-up comedy my first agent pretty much told me she was like look i'm not a talent manager so much uh just we just do acting so i'm not gonna try you try to have you book shows and stuff yeah yeah. and i was like that's cool and so i think i'm still signed i have no idea i gotta figure that out one day (laughs) and then improv you've kind of stepped away from yeah more or less stepped away from it just because like i said at the end of the day i want to make sure that the audience is entertained and if if they're not I don't want to be like, oh, it's because Joe over here sucks. He didn't get my reference about Ferraris. Like, no, yeah. like that's that shouldn't be. And I've seen troops that do that. Like, yeah. they're like, oh man, they're like, I th- I threw that out there for you. I'm like, ah, it depends on how they receive yeah. it. So. And you said you started comedy, stand up comedy, about twelve years ago. About twelve years ago, yeah. What was your uh, what was that first set like? The first set that I did was at it was at Stomping Grounds, which used to be on South Congress, and it went pretty good. I do have it up on on YouTube out oh, there. Cool. It is out there. I don't like to look at it anymore uh, because I know I know a lot of comics, entertainers, whatever. They're like, oh, it's me, me, me. Mm-hmm. It is very prevalent. It was me, me, me attitude on my first uh, show. Like, I expected the laughs. And I feel like I was I was doing it too much for me and not for the audience. And I feel oh, like it should be for the audience. Yeah. And it was, I, yeah, that that 12 years ago, Sonny doing stand-up, he's a real cocky prick. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like looking at it. Like, oh, this is, oh, this is so embarrassing. Like, oh, I can't believe I did, I acted this way. Yeah. But, you know, I would do the setup and the punchline and then stand away like, ah, ah, laugh now, laugh. <laughs> oh, that kind of Yes. Oh. And I was like, oh, I was like, I look horrible. Like, I would hate for like, like, I'd hate to be passed away and my kids are all like, hey, let me show my grandkids their grandpa. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he was this cocky dude right here. Like, mm, like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad. I mean, I literally, I do the setup, the punchline, and then you see me step away from the microphone like, <laughs> Your turn, audience. And it was, yeah, I had to, yeah, I switched that up. I was like, nope, yeah. that's too much. Like, it was being for me, and it should be about the audience. So, Is there a through line between what we would have seen 12 years ago to what uh, audiences saw at the FPIA finals night? Or, you know, in modern day, Sonny? What do you mean? Like, uh... Like, can, if, uh, I, I interviewed Casey Rocket, and I, I found old YouTube videos, and... You know, the Casey Rocket of today, you can kind of see little inklings of it. Okay. So I'm just wondering, can we see inklings of the Sonny Castillo back then that we see today? You, 
You can and instill that I I refuse to laugh at my own jokes because I'm like it's about the audience and yeah. I didn't laugh at my own jokes then either. Yeah, uh, I just instead smirk real mm, like mm, that's hilarious. Uh-huh. I wrote it and yeah. and so you can still see that like I'm still trying to entertain for the audience, but like I said with with that it was kind of like it was being too much for oh I'm hilarious you're gonna laugh now yeah. when now it's like now when I don't laugh is because I'm like I do I want you to. I don't want to take the audience out of that experience. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, you say like Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands on Saturday Night Live. Some mm-hmm. people hate that they laughed all the time. Some people liked it, yeah. you know. And so it's like in a movie, you would never see them laugh at their own yeah. jokes in a movie. Like, that's not going to happen. So to me, it's like that part is still there where I was still focused on not laughing to mm-hmm. not take them out. But me doing a weird little like silent soliloquy like mm, this is where the audience laughs uh-huh. like that was that's completely gone i it makes me cringe seeing <laughs> that like I'm like who's that guy Ugh. why are his pants so baggy like, <laughs> yeah it was 12 years ago right it was 12 years ago <laughs> so. okay well we're gonna test out your little improv uh skills here we're gonna take a little intermission and i've got the two cards here for from the game where should we begin and you're going to pick one, and I'm going to read it aloud to you, and you're going to answer the question. All right. So I will pick the one on the right-hand side. All right. So your question is, hmm, my views about love changed when? Oh, my views about love changed when I found out my ex-wife was cheating on me. Oh! Yeah. I was damn. like, oh, I thought we were forever. <laughs> what? What do you oh. mean? Uh it was funny. It was well. It well, is funny because I do use stand up in it. But uh, that was actually kind of what pushed me to stand up was huh. her cheating on me, because I'd wanted to do stand up. But for I was like, so many reasons. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever heard that reason. <laughs> well, so so the thing was, it's like okay, she cheated on me, so I was like, oh man, that's embarrassing. Hmm. I was like, I don't know if I could be any more embarrassed than this. Hey, <laughs> why not I get on stage and try the stand up thing? So it was kind of just like a little push that I that I was like, hey. What do you got to lose yeah, now? Yeah. Your wife's not going to divorce you because you bombed on stage. She's going to divorce you because she's blowing other dudes oh. overseas. So, that was a, you know, it was a change of dynamic. Yeah. And so it was funny, too, because I announced my divorce through stand-up. Oh, gosh. I wrote these jokes about it, uh-huh. and then I performed them on stage with friends and family in the audience. And they're yeah. like, oh, oh, what? And I was like, yeah, it's on YouTube now. <laughs> I just uploaded it. <laughs> So, and then I pushed it out the very next day, and uh-huh. people were all like, bro, are you really getting a divorce? I was like, yeah, I am. Oh, so my gosh. Oh it was like, gosh. yeah, so love, you know, that's does, yeah. uh, that's where I kind of had yeah. that, like, okay, well, you know, it doesn't work out for everyone, <laughs> and just keep on pushing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what my thing was, is like, okay, you know, you love someone, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Keep going. It may blossom into something else. It may help you do something else. I've had people come up after I do my divorce material. And they're like, bro, they're like, I'm going through the divorce right now. You're, you know, your words, the way you just make jokes about mm-hmm. it, it kind of helps me. Had a psychiatrist come up to me one time. She was like, if you need, ever need someone to talk to? And then she started, she gave me a weird hug. And then her <laughs> husband was rubbing my back. And I was like, whoa, whoa, am I wearing a pineapple on my shirt? What's going on? Like, I was like, hi, y'all making me feel weird now. Like, but, so, you know, it's, it's helped people. So yeah, I was like, sure. But I had to go through that in order to make laughter from it. So. Yeah, yeah. And now you're happily remarried. So, you know, it's all, now you can make jokes. Yeah, and now she's making jokes. And, so. and, and it's funny, too, because my, my ex-wife was like, when we were going through the divorce, papers were finalizing, she was like, I don't want you discussing our divorce on stage. Ooh. And I was like, 
I didn't want you putting those man's penis in you, and you did that still. And yeah, she's giving me a look of death, but I'm like, what? Yeah. Am I wrong? I'm yeah, not wrong. No. And so, so I was like, all right, whatever. And my wife now, she's like, make whatever jokes you want. I really don't care. She's like, I know the truth and I know what's not. Uh-huh. And during FBIA, during the, was it the final? No, during the preliminary rounds, I had told a joke that she had not previously heard before. And Your current? Yeah, my current okay. wife. And uh-huh. her coworkers were there. And she was like, that's a lie. That's a lie. I just want to point out, that's a lie. Like, it's... <laughs> So she's she's cool with them, but yeah. she explains like, all right, he was kidding. Like, just I'm gonna throw it out there. All right, let's see what what I have to answer. All right, so your card says my greatest power struggle is with. Oh, so do you have kids? I do have kids. That's it, right there. That is true. I've got a teenage son, so you know that's the the power struggle. Yeah, I have right a teenage there. son and then a six year old too. Okay, yeah. And the six year old is the. Oh, more of the, the power struggle uh <laughs> like he'll say something and i'll laugh and be like is that because i'm funnier than you dad i'm like whoa oh, slow your roll man i was oh, like man, you better watch rough. yourself i was like that wasn't even a uh, smart joke yeah. that was just a stupid joke <laughs> like no but uh yeah no I, I know that struggle with the kids yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh that's a no-brainer to answer um <laughs> Speaking of the teenage son, I, I want to hit on something briefly that is on your YouTube channel because uh, and uh, we may take a rare tour of our upstairs because one of the things that I was fascinated by in your YouTube video collection is you used to do reviews of uh, figures. Yeah, like action, super figures. action figures. Yeah. And uh, my son collects oh, okay. all sorts of action figures. Um, he, he focuses on Transformers in particular. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, oh, wait, how keep... did... The... Oh, you keep one? Keep action figures in my pocket. <laughs> okay. Not... There is... Okay, for the record, there is no way for Sonny to have known. I was going to ask that question. You know, I feel like this could be a magic trick that, you know, you have... Why? Why do you carry this in your pocket? So, he is representing my YouTube channel. He has a little t-shirt that has my logo on it with a gold chain. Oh it's some some wrestler. He has a beard and, he and he's bald. Like yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm oh just going to pop your head off God. and put it on his body. That's me now. So, yeah. Do you always carry that with you? Is he yeah. like a good luck charm or a... No, it's what? just in case a random photo opportunity <laughs> pops up. And I can just pull him out and take a photo. Uh... You know, sometimes my kid gets bored and he'll be like, Dad, you got a Spider-Man in your pocket? I'm like, sure do, oh, buddy. Oh, my like, God. Here you go. So, it's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, no. So, I, I keep this. And I started doing the action figure photography and reviews during the pandemic. Oh, it okay. Ga- it gave so, that's me, fairly recent. Yeah. So, um, you know, when everything was shutting down, we couldn't do comedy. Mm-hmm. I felt weird because I was like, I feel like I should be entertaining people, especially in those times. Yeah. And so, I was like, well, let me try to do this action figure photography thing. And uh-huh. It's a whole big genre. There's a bunch of people that do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I did photography for a bit too. So I was like, okay, well, I can do photos. It can be realistic or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, one day I got drunk, a little drunk, <laughs> a little buzzed, and I did an action figure review. I threw it up on Instagram. There were like four people that would be like, this is hilarious. You're going to do more? And I was like, because y'all four wanted yeah, it. Four. All right. <laughs> That's all it takes. And yeah, so now I have over 1,600 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, wow. And, you know, I, I do every Sunday. I go on on live stream and for about two to three hours and just, it's supposed to be about action figures, uh-huh. but half the time we talk about bowel movements. <laughs> uh, Mariah Carey, for some reason, comes up a lot and... 
my the my followers, my subscribers have decided to call themselves the Girth Gang. Okay. Because I one time mentioned that something was very girthy, and I uh -huh. was not talking about any sort of genitalia. Uh -huh. And they were like, "Bro, nobody uses that unless they're talking about yeah. you know." And I was like, "But it's a valid word. I'm you know, like, I can use it how I want." And they were like, "No." They're like, "I don't think so." I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. Webster's Dictionary allows me to use it that way. I can say whatever I want. And they start calling themselves the Girth Gang. So That's I'm like, worse. "All right." Well, you know. I like that there's this like constant theme of nobody fucks with Sunny. <laughs> and not that you're, you know, you're going to go, well, maybe when you were carrying the gun <laughs> to the meeting with the agent, but like, you're just always going to have a comeback and you're going to, you know, challenge, you're going to stand up for Sonny. <laughs> yeah, that's basically, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it's always been. When yeah. I was, when I was younger, I was the smallest person, I mean, I was the smallest kid, I was mm. skinny. I wasn't the shortest, but I was the smallest, but I was so skinny. Yeah. Um, I was also light skin. I don't know if you can tell I'm mm. light skin here. And growing up in East Austin, there's a bunch of Hispanic community and yeah. everybody else is dark. So everybody was constantly picking on me and, you know, because of my light skin, because yeah. I was so skinny. And, you know, so it was always like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to dish it out back. And, yeah. but if you say something real good, I'm going to give you your props. I'm be like, everybody, <laughs> hold on. Everybody listen to what he just said. Repeat what you said. All right, cool. Yeah. Now here's my comeback and just go with that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's fun because it's, to me, it's hilarious. Like, if someone's going to start talking down on me and it's good talking down, yeah, it's not just, like, well, some people will be like, oh, you're bald. Uh, yeah, everybody can see that. That's not, <laughs> no, it's not really, it's not a good one, yeah. like, I guess. Um, you know, like, so those types of things, I'll just kind of, like, dismiss them. Like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. That, you know. But, of course, growing up, you know, one kid, I remember, because I made him cry, uh, he said, oh, he goes, your skin's so white, it's like milk. I'm going to call you milk. I go, that's what your mama calls me because milk does the body good. What? <laughs> and everybody was like, whoa. Like, dude, that escalated. Like, you just. Uh -huh. I was like, man, I was like, I, it, it came. It just came to me and I said it. And so, like, you know, he cried or whatever. And I was like, oh, man. Like, and then he came up to me. He was like, hey, I'm sorry about this. I was like, hey, um, Tell your mom I said hi. Like I don't, I, I didn't stop. Like I'm uh -huh. not gonna let up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's always been my thing. It's yeah. like yeah, sure, I'll, I'll dish it right back. Yeah, know? I'm sure that I've seen you perform comedy pre-pandemic. I just I, the really I I don't remember it, and I that's you know I apologize. I'm but, very not memorable. <laughs> but that FBIA set that I watched the finals night that's super memorable. So uh, what what kind of how active were you in the comedy scene before the pandemic? So and why did I not see you? Yeah, so before the pandemic, when I first started, I was trying to hit a bunch of open mics as much as I could. Uh, I would hit Cap City as much as I could as well. And then it got to the point where, uh, you know, my divorce, I was going through my divorce when I first started. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, well, let me just keep my mind off that and go do all these open mics. So I was hitting open mics as much as I could. And then people started asking me to be on their shows. Yeah. And that's where I kind of got a little cocky again. I'm like, oh, that's right. Y'all uh, gonna ask me. But it also kind of was like, well, you know what? If they're asking me to do these shows, maybe I don't have to hit open mics so much. And I can slow down on my own schedule mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of take a breather. So I was doing that. And then, you know, people were asking me to do shows in Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Ah. Not so much in Austin anymore, but like Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Yeah. So I was in those cities a lot doing, you know, whatever showcases they wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. When the pandemic hit. I didn't want to do a Zoom comedy. I know a lot of people did Zoom comedy. Nothing against y'all that yeah, did it. we did a Zoom comedy it, show. We it, did. It wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I rely too much on the audience reaction yeah. before I go on to my next. As you saw, you yeah. know, I, I wait till the last person stops laughing, uh-huh. and unless I'm running short on time, then I'm like, shut your mouth, <laughs> oh, sir. Like I even did that this last show. I was doing a 15 minute set, and some guy kept laughing. And I was like, are you done? And then the whole audience started laughing. I was yeah, like, yeah, you just mm-hmm. shot yourself in the. Yeah, butt. I was like, I'm trying to get to my next joke, man. <laughs> Give me the light already. And so it's like with with Zoom comedy, I rely too much on the yeah. audience laughing to let me know when I need to continue going on with my joke. Yeah. Because that's kind of what the pauses are there for, is because it's awkward, and you know they're like, oh, okay, well now is he gonna go yet? And yeah. Then, but if it's on Zoom, I have no idea. So I that was never nothing that yeah. I wanted to do personally. Yeah. And then when you came, when things started opening up again, what were you? What I were did. You? I think I did two shows before FPIA. So people, what? Yeah, yeah, people were all like, "Damn!" They're like, "You just came back like that," and I was like, "Well, doing my Sunday live streams also kind of helped me with the comedy aspect because it kept me on my toes." Sure. And even then, I don't really like to laugh if I say something funny. If, if some, one of my commenters puts something in, in the comments that's funny, I'll laugh at that. But I don't yeah. like to laugh at my own stuff. So not knowing what's going to come out of my mouth helped me to be able to just go right back into stand-up comedy. Where it's like, okay, now I'm going to wow. do this. Wow. So two shows, no open mics. No open mics, no. Well, I take it back. One open mic in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, that was just because... We were in Vegas for vacation, and I went on online, and I was, saw Wise Guys Comedy, uh-huh. and I was like, hey, what does it take to be on your open mics? And they were like, we got you down for Wednesday night. And I'm like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> and I was like, all right. but So I went, did three minutes, which is, for me, three jokes. And, yeah. You know, so it was like, I did it. They laughed, and you know, several of them were like, oh, man. They're like, oh, man, are you going to go do this show? I'm like, hey, no, you're not here. I'm from Austin. Like, I, I don't live here. And so it was, it was cool, but yeah, so two shows and then that one three-minute spot in Vegas that I got to do. I'm, I'm so blown away by that. <laughs> um, so did you have, obviously before the pandemic, you would have known about FPIA. Had you competed mm. in it before? Yeah, and I missed that they don't have the shirts no more, so I just got oh, the shirt. Right, right. I used to pretend that I was like, yeah, I got this for winning preliminary <laughs> round. And they are like, they didn't do that. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> all right well so what but yeah so i have a bunch of the old shirts mm-hmm. i think the furthest back goes to 2012 i think because i have the shirt mm. the first time i heard about it i was like there's no way i'm ready for this yeah. like i can't do it so then the second year i i went in and went for it yeah uh did you ever go into it with any stress about it and pressure on yourself about it the second year i advanced to the semifinals. So the third year is when I felt pressure. Uh, I was like, oh, crap. If I don't make it to the semifinals this year, I'll be labeled a loser. Mm. Nobody will be my friend. This girl I'm dating is going to be like, I don't want to date you. You're a loser. Oh. They're like, uh, you're going to work at Taco Bell forever. And I was like, I don't work at Taco Bell, though. It's <laughs> kind of a weird insult. <laughs> and so that was the only year that I really had pressure. And I didn't make it. I didn't make it past the mm. preliminary round. And that was kind of like, I was like, well, you know what? The judges were wrong. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but it, it may be like, you know what? It's not about me. It's like, yeah. did the audience have a good time? Because several of them came up like, oh, I thought you were the funniest that night. Oh. Yeah. I was like, well, you're not a judge. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but, it, you know, I was like, they enjoyed themselves. I didn't move on, but yeah. I did get a larger audience fans, than I'm normal. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's cool. So, you know, that to me is like it, that third year was the nervous year. And then after that, I was like, you know, I'm doing it for the audience. Yeah. You know, some people are like, oh. They don't want to do FPIA because they're like, oh, you got to pay for it, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, 
I, like I said, I'm, I'm doing it for the audience. So if I got to pay my little 25 bucks or whatever, so I get a bigger crowd to perform for, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It's no problem. I mean, yeah. Are I'm your going. FPIA sets posted on, on your website, your, old, your pre-pandemic ones? The pre-pandemic ones are on my old YouTube, which is Sunny from the O2. Okay. Um, when I did stand-up comedy, well, I was I was doing like trying to be hilarious online, and so I opened up that YouTube channel. That's when I put my, a lot of my older comic comedy stuff. Uh-huh. That never really took off. The action figure one did, so that's yeah. why I kind of blended the two. And some people get kind of upset. They're like, "Oh man," they're like, "I want to see some comedy." You're talking about toys. I'm like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> the comedy is for the." my toy followers just a little treat for them yeah. like it wasn't meant for you and <laughs> get off my page no but so it's kind of like i have to explain it to them like oh yeah. yeah i do action figure toy reviews but this was just a treat for my subscribers yeah. so they have something you know a little bit different to see look at the playlist people they're separated you know get over yourself <laughs> yeah my wife she was all like she was hey can you make a playlist for your comedy stuff because i'm sending people over there and they're like he's just playing with iron man yeah. i'm like <laughs> First of all, I'm not playing with Iron Man. I'm reviewing Iron Man. And they're like, you said something. They're like, and then some people are like, I don't understand your reviews. I think you used the word phallus. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't, it was phallus shaped. Like, because that's what some people like about my reviews. They're like, your reviews aren't serious. I'm like, no, they're yeah. not. Like, I don't, like, I'm not. It's just, is it entertaining for you? All right, cool. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay, so then with 2022 FPIA, first of all, the fact that there was an FPIA after CAP had been shut down and then comes back and then they announced they're going to do the FPIA. Any pressure, given that you had only done two shows when it started? No. I was just, I wanted to see what the new stage looked like. Yeah. I want to see what the new feel of it was, uh, which I love the new stage and I love that there's a little green room you can walk yeah, you know, yeah. into, but... Uh, yeah, there wasn't really any pressure for it. Um, the only thing that I, I that I was kind of like, oh man, this is a make or break type of thing, is the judges that they had. I felt like the the judges that they had, to me, I'm not saying that the other judges didn't have any pull, uh-huh. but I felt like these judges had a little bit more pull in different things than previous judges. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes the previous judges, they were like, oh, they're like, oh, okay, you have uh, Ronald Brown. He owns a bagel shop on 6th Street. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah, they stuck with the same panel throughout all the yeah. prelims and semis. And, and, and it's yeah. like, I was like, I don't know what he can do for me. And they're yeah. like, or this person who has NPR radio. I'm like, what? I don't, what? How is that going to help me? And so the fact that they had people from like Moon Tower, mm-hmm. um, Netflix, I think, was one, and I know it was like Tennessee comedy show out there, comedy club. Mm. And so I was like, okay, these, like, okay, this is cool. Like, all right, yeah. well, now I really want to, like, I mean, it would have been cool to win free bagels from the other guy, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is and, what it is. And as you're advancing, and, you know, you're, I don't know if you're the type of person that, you know, watches the competition, but. I mean, clearly your style of comedy is unique. I'd not, I, you know, in all of the FPIAs I've ever watched, I haven't seen anybody that commits so hard to your style of comedy. Did, I mean, I don't know. Is that weird to, to realize how different you are? So, and that's kind of like, well, because when I, when I first started, there was some other people doing one-liners, uh, who am I think? Uh, Derek Phelps, which he's moved out of Austin now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the ones. He would do one-liners too. Real slow, monotone yeah. one-liners. Now, he is a slower talker in real life. I talk quicker. But <laughs> uh, his style was 
more like awkward comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and I realized that when I first started, mine was kind of also a little bit more of the awkward style, yeah. like the way I presented it. One night I was just, someone tried to fight me in the parking lot. Oh my God. <laughs> so I went on stage with a lot of aggression. I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, this dude got uh-huh. me irritated. And I went on stage with aggression and people kind of liked it. They're like, man, they're like, you're kind of like, they're like, you're kind of a jerk on stage. Like, you're like, I really don't care if y'all laugh at this or not. I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. And it was, it was in Houston. That's where it was. It was in Houston. And someone was like, man, I like your aggressive attitude. You're yeah. just like, like well, here's, here's my joke. <laughs> if you're going to laugh, you're going to laugh. And they were like, you said one joke and two people laughed. And I was like, yeah, I'm aware I heard their two laughs. It was at a Houston Improv. So it was a big uh, stage. Yeah. I heard a laugh way on the right. And I heard a laugh coming from like left backstage somewhere. And nobody else laughed. I stayed standing there, staring. Mm-hmm. And then I just went on the next joke. And the crowd laughed. They were like, the fact that you said that joke, you know, nobody really laughed. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't really care what y'all think. And you went on. They're like, I just loved it, the energy that it brought. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to just stick with just that. Just punch the yeah. joke in and just be like, all right. Huh? You laugh. You laugh. Don't. You don't. Yeah. Like, and move on. This is such a this is such a coincidence. I was talking to a comic who is from Canada, mm. and she's coming through Cap City at the for the New Year's Eve weekend. And we just recorded a little short promo thing. And I she'd been on tour since Moon Tower, and I asked her, you know, by touring so much now in the states, what have you uh, identified as something unique about American audiences versus the Canadian audiences that that she's so used to? And she said. Uh, that American audience really like to be led, whereas Canadian audiences, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily want to be led. They're, they're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure this out. And it's not to say that American audiences are dumb. It's just <laughs> that when she said that, I thought of two comics that uh, I'd, I've seen recently that definitely lead the audience. Ron Funches is really great at leading an audience. Uh, he seems so casual and chill, but he really leads an audience. And then Michael Ian Black is another example. And uh, it's funny talking to you and knowing a little bit more about your comedy and knowing what, what I saw with the finals. It's like you were so leading. Like you were military general leading the audience. Th- that silence is so commanding. And like the subtle movements that you might make that – and, and the whole thing about comedy is breaking tension. Yeah. And you are building up that tension and building it up. And the subtle movement, it's like the audience is thinking you're about to break that tension. And so they, they laugh. And you're not breaking the tension officially. <laughs> and then, ah, I mean, it's, to me, it's so unique. You know, people can make their comparisons to other comics. But I've never seen anybody command that. But, like, the flip side is... How on fire does your one sentence joke, your one liner have to be? Because the rest of it is just you staring at people and commanding people. And that's that was the one thing that I had to learn right there. It's like, you know, yes, they're because they're literally on the edge of their seat. Like, what is he gonna say next? What yeah. is he gonna do next? When I really don't do a whole lot, just mm-hmm. those little subtle like. I may just look at someone, glance, and look angry at them real quick. And the audience laughs. You scared they're like, us. They're like, what did that person do? And 
So it's like, because there were some jokes that I would say that I would, I'm not going to say I would overestimate the audience's intelligence, uh-huh. but I would say a joke that you need to have enough background information for. Yeah. And that was when I found if I didn't say, if I said a joke and it didn't have enough background information or they were unaware of the background information for it and it fell flat, I'd immediately lose them. And then it's like, oh crap! Now I gotta try to figure out how to bring y'all back. Yeah. When y'all are looking at each other, like I didn't get that one. Did you get that? Like I didn't. And so now when a joke doesn't land, I don't. You know, I stay completely still. Yeah. And move on, and that's what Houston was like, dude. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um. But like with with my jokes, I also I also every time I start off, with the exception of when my wife was pregnant with my kid, I start <laughs> off with my stillborn joke. Oh. <laughs> I always start off with my stillborn joke. Because the joke leads you to, you know the punchline. Like, people say the punchline yeah. in the audience. They laugh before I deliver the punchline. I deliver the punchline to let them acknowledge, like, hey, look, you were right. That was the punchline. And they're like, oh, okay, I got this. Yeah. And then every joke after that just takes a left turn. And you're like, oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. So I feel like that also kind of yeah. brings them in. They're like, because some of them are like, wait, I like you can see the look of, like well when it's a venue where i have lights <laughs> and i can see their faces yeah a lot of times you can see their look like i know this one no i didn't and then like they look disappointed We're like he went completely left uh-huh. on that one so uh but yeah it's all about like the joke has to be strong enough in those few words that i say yeah. to keep them with me the whole time you know especially like because i mean there's times when they're like oh you're gonna do 20 minute set i'm like oh crap well i guess i'm gonna stare for a really long time and <laughs> I will. I'll just stare completely still. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'll say something like, that was your photo op. Like, because people are like, you didn't move to begin with. Like, you know, because there's comics that move all around the stage. Yeah. It's hard to get a photo of them. But, you know, people are like, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And they'll laugh because they're like, oh, we had no, we were wondering what he was doing. Yeah, like, yeah. And so it just, it, it, but being able to just like keep commanding them is, is something that I had to also, I used to record every set I would do pull it into my computer, separate me speaking and the audience laughing. And I always wanted at least a 40, 60, like 40% uh-huh. me talking, 60% the audience laughing. And basically looking at all of my gestures that I did to figure out how to how I kept them continuously coming with the laugh. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, was, you posted that video, didn't you? So, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'll post them without without yeah. my words. I'll just yeah. post the, the laughter and people are like, dude, you're such a prick. And I was like... <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but all right. Like I thought I was being a jokester. But. What has your your stand up uh, life been since FPIA wrapped up? So people started asking me to do podcasts like Comedy Wham. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, so I. I <laughs> I have had like people be like, "Oh man, hey, I, yeah. I've been meaning to get you on a show." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> like, no. So, uh, but people have been, you know, contacting me more and more. Yeah. Like, "Hey, do you want to do this show? Do you want to do this?" Um, it's cool because now they're like, "Hey, I can pay you." I'm like, "Oh, sweet! You expect yeah, nice. You expect to pay me? Awesome!" <laughs> but uh, you know, because I, you know, for the longest time, I was doing it just to get better at it for the love of being able to entertain a, a yeah. crowd and stuff. And because I did idiocracy. So many people would pass me up, or not so many, like a few people pass me up and say, hey, I wanted to get you on my show, but I can't afford you. Mm. I'm like, I don't know if you know how this works. <laughs> Have you seen me on any other movies? Like, I was in Machete real quick, playing a Mexican, but that's about it. Like, there's not a whole lot. Like, I'm, I'm not like Richard, like, you know, like, uh, it was, uh, 
I was going to say Dane Cook, but you could probably get him for the same price as me. Uh, you know, I'm not like Daniel Tosh, so you're going to yeah. pay a high dollar amount for to get me here. I'm not Dave Chappelle. Like, yeah. You'd be like, hey, I'll give you gas money. All right. Like, I, like it's cool. But So that kind of that dynamic kind of came back yeah. with FPIA with people saying, hey, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know what your budget is, but I can offer you this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I guess, uh, what kind of car do you drive? Can I take it for a spin? That'll be part of the rest of the, the payment. But So it, it has been more people saying, hey, I want to yeah. get you on the show. And, and it sucks because I suck at scheduling things. And oh. So I'm like, Thanks. oh, crap. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, part of it was you. Part of it was me. So <laughs> Yeah. but So, I mean, it, it, has been, it has been a little bit better. People have been asking me, you know, for more opportunities to do stuff and yeah. all that. So, yeah. Which is good because it's expanded to where... You know, the types of shows that people are asking me. Because I've had, you know, of course, like, you know, blacks and Mexican comics, they always been like, hey, man, we want to get you on the show. Yeah. Like, All right, cool. And, but now I'm able to, like, other uh, non black or white, <laughs> well, I'm not black or Hispanic. <laughs> no, so the white folks are now uh-huh. also asking, uh, which they were asking me before, but it's just, it's just more now because I think now that they're seeing, like, okay, look, he appeals to a more broader audience than what we may have previously thought. Yeah. And so, I'm able to get some more opportunities in places where I didn't think I'd necessarily be performing at. Yeah. And Cap City has actually asked they asked me to do a show a few weeks ago, talking dirty in the daylight. Ah. And then I'll be on their Christmas show. I want to say it's called Naughty or Nice, but something like that. So cool. Cap City has started calling me nice. for things which the old Cap City never did. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you make it to the finals, you know. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, okay, I made it to the finals. They're like, ah, we should probably take this guy serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, do you produce your own shows? Do you run your own shows? I've produced quite a bit in the past, pre-pandemic. Yeah. And in fact, when I moved into my house a few years ago, five, six years ago, uh, our our housewarming party was a comedy show. Because oh. I was like, look, if y'all are going to come in and give us toasters uh-huh. and wine glasses that we'll never use, <laughs> at least I let me have me and my friends make jokes for you. Yeah. And so we did that, and we set up in, in our front part of our house, and we had a comedy show there. Funny. And we did another one for my birthday there at the house. I've done bir- I used to, I tried to do annual birthday shows, uh-huh. and I did three in a row, and then I did the one at my house was the third one. And then the pandemic hit, and then it's like, okay, well, can't really do those. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want all these people with germs in my house. I don't even want my kids in here. They got germs. And so it was like, I don't really produce my own shows anymore. I did think about doing some. I just don't know when I'm going to pull that trigger again. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason that I asked was because with the type of comedy that you do, like, does that fuck with what you are doing on stage when you're doing like your stand-up set and then you're the host hey everybody i won't host <laughs> yeah i won't host yeah i, I see that th- that's my thing i will get one of my comedy friends to host yeah. and like i said i'll do i won't headline i will be right before the headliner people are like oh that's kind of still like not really because yeah. the first part i'm making sure everything else is running properly for the other comedians that i have on then I'll do my set, and then I'll go back to make sure everything's good for the yeah. headliner, make sure the audience is still good. But I won't host either. But what if you blow up, and then you get you get to headline the Paramount Theater? I'll be like, yeah, see, you know, people have asked me that before, and I'm like, I think it'll be like Sonny and Friends. I want a variety of comedy huh. styles that you could have. Like, when, I, when I've done stand-up comedy, uh, Lando, Lando Shepard, yeah. he's, he's a real funny dude. So he's, I, he's, I think he did my housewarming party. 
uh, Josh Castro. I still think uh, Zach Brooks is probably one of the funniest people here in Austin. And so it's like, whenever I do a show, I always try to make sure that the styles are all different. Yeah. So that if one comic doesn't resonate with you, the other ones will. Or, you know, you have, at least everyone has sure. something for somebody. And so I've had a few times where I've had like one-liners on the show. And I was like, you're going to go way over here and I'm going to go way over here. We're not going to go back to back because right. I don't want the audience to be like, I don't want it to be too dry, too long for the mm-hmm. audience. So, yeah. But yeah, and if I ever have the headline, I'll be like, hey, this is my job. I'm going to take a five-minute break. <laughs> I'll say nothing about you when you take your break, all right? <laughs> all right, well, we are going to start winding down. Uh, I do want to ask you two questions before I ask the final question. That is, what's your favorite thing about being a performer? My favorite thing about being a performer is being able to potentially help the person in the audience who is not having the best day mm-hmm. or whatever, if it can just bring them up just a little bit, that's kind of what my goal is for mm-hmm. it, which is why I do stand-up comedy, why I do action figure reviews that don't make any sense. It's just, I don't know what's going on in their life. They don't need to tell me. Yeah. But if something helps them, which I've had plenty of people be like, hey, man, my day was crap, and then I saw your you know, your stand-up video, or I saw your little TikTok clip, whatever, yeah. They're like, and that just put a smile on my face. I'm like, okay, um, how did you get my number? No, but uh, so it's kind of like, you know, I do it for that reason. Because yeah. it's like, I could be just fine and dandy. If I never performed again, I'd be okay. Because, yeah. you know, I keep myself entertained, whatever. But I know that there's other people that keep coming back. Like a friend of my polar bear, he, you know, I always see him post people and they, their little screenshots when they're like, oh, this person, they were feeling bad. I made them feel better. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that, what I have to give can help somebody else. Yeah. That's that's what I that's my favorite thing of being an entertainer. That's awesome. Least favorite? Least favorite. It is time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You write one joke. It covers a minute. <laughs> well, okay, so the the joke writing is not time consuming. I will tell you that much. Uh, so like producing my own shows that, you know, it's, it's the whole YouTube industry. It's, you know, trying to go into all of that, you know, if I, if I record a 15 minute video for an action figure review, it's going to take me another two to three hours before it ends up on YouTube and gets four views, you know? So it's like, (laughs) I was like, man, what what was the work for? But you know, Uh there's those four people that wanted to see it. So I'm like, well, that's for you. Okay. Like, thank you. You had Merry Christmas. But, uh, (laughs) You know, and like doing stand-up comedy, you know that. Okay, so the joke writing doesn't take. I, I would I was say, just kidding. Well, no, you know no, that, right? No, no. Some people they'll sit down. They'll be like, "Oh, my joke writing session. I take four hours a week to joke, write jokes." No. I don't. <laughs> I don't do that. So something comes to me in my head. I'll write it in my phone, uh-huh. and then I'll think of the punchline later. Sometimes it comes mm-hmm. to me when I'm sleeping. Sometimes it'll come to me while I'm taking a shower, uh-huh. while I'm eating, while my kid's trying to tell me about his day, while I'm having intercourse, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, wait, stop. I got to write this down. Yeah. Put this in my phone here. So I'm sure she appreciates that yeah. a lot. <laughs> take a break. Take a five minute break. Drink some Gatorade. And so it was like, so the joke writing to me, it doesn't take a whole lot because yeah. it's just real quick and I put it in. Now, I was telling uh, one of the audience members just this last Wednesday at a show. Because he was like, man, he was like, how long does it take you to write a joke? And I was like, it doesn't. That's why I do it. And the only thing is, those jokes will stay in my phone for about a year before oh, wow. I've crafted the way I want to say it, what I feel is perfectly. Yeah. And then I'll deliver it on stage and see if it worked. Wow. And if it doesn't work, 
perfectly like that, then it goes right back into my phone until I find the perfect combination of words to yeah. use. Whew. Yeah, I don't think most people operate that way. I mean, you know, they yeah. write something down, next open mic, they're testing it oh, out. Oh, man, yeah. I don't know how many times I've done shows with people, they're like, you know, scribbling <laughs> on a piece of paper, like, oh, bro, I'm going to write this about this restaurant's beans. I'm like, uh, I don't know if you're looking around, everybody's drinking, they're not eating beans, like, I don't know how hard this is going to hit, but, you know, hey, you do you, boo, like... <laughs> okay well uh is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you uh we didn't talk about my third nipple no I'm just kidding. <laughs> i don't i don't have a third nipple i just want to put that out there like i don't i don't want that to pop up on my imdb like trivia like somebody has a third nipple I'm like I don't, I don't have i don't have a third well nipple. you said it so somebody's gonna cut it yeah and <laughs> so you yeah. will now forever be known as sunny with Dang, a third nipple. they call him triple nipple <laughs> Okay, well, let us, let's wrap up with your closing question. One word to describe your future. Hoodly. <laughs> so graduate from ghetto to hoodly. Yes, exactly. Yes. I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> I'm going to try it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Sunny Castillo. Tell us where we can find you on social media and your projects. Also, on social media, you can find me facebook.com slash sunny from o two. It's not the, it's DA02 because that was cool when I was younger. <laughs> um, Instagram at Sunny from the O2, Twitter at Sunny from the O2, and then you can also find me on YouTube, Sunny from the O2, as well as action figure stuff is going to be all of those things, but it's going to be the Sunny Channel, which sucks because Sony Channel came out like a oh. year after, and I was like, ah, oh, crap, y'all are going <laughs> to steal all my analytics. But so Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, the Sunny Channel. If you want to look at dumb action figure reviews and content, <laughs> okay, making sure I have that in my homework. Okay, well, uh, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Sunny got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham presents Sunny Castillo. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Sunny. Thank you.